It is Mock Draft Monday, and today we are switching things up because we're going to do a two-round post-NFL Combine Mock Draft for you guys to tell you who we think the Chargers should pick at 17 and 48 in the upcoming NFL Draft and how the Combine has changed things all in today's Locked on Chargers podcast. You are Locked on Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. We've been covering the Chargers for over six seasons, but this is our fifth as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day what's up guys thank you for making us your first listen as always we very much appreciate it and to make sure you never miss the show subscribe to the lockdown Chargers youtube channel and also find the show for free on all platforms wherever you get your podcast from we have a lot to get into today david because it is mock draft monday and since the combine just wrapped up we wanted to do a post combine two round mock draft for the chargers who they will take at 17 and 48 and we have some really good options to choose from we're going to pick multiple guys we're going to go two segments we're going to give our pick and then a backup pick for each guy or for each pick, right? 17 and 48. So a lot of prospects we're going to be talking about today and also talking about how the combine changed things to wrap up the show and how guys have been moving around with some crazy athletic times at the NFL scouting combine. But today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, David, what's well, time to roll out our first official mock draft? Or I guess this is mock draft Monday. So we've been talking about a ton of prospects, but Today, we're actually doing a two-round mock draft, seeing how everything fits together, seeing who is going to be available in these mock draft simulators and all the mock drafts going around, especially after the combine. So it all starts with 17. Will the Chargers do something to help out Justin Herbert in the offense, or will they attack the area of a much bigger concern? That is the defensive side, trying to add impact players on the defensive side. And we've talked about a ton of prospects. We know there should be a prospect at 17 the Chargers should feel good about picking there. So, David, with everything that's gone home, with all the 40 times, with all the fluctuations, with everything going on in the combine, you're rolling it out with the first pick of our NFL mock draft season. Who are you going with at pick 17? At pick number 17 in the 2022 NFL draft, the Los Angeles Chargers select Andrew Booth Jr., cornerback Clemson. I'm still on my favorite guy, Daniel. I mean, it hasn't changed my mind up to this point. He was available in the mock draft. Um, This is the guy who's going to come in right away, and he is an absolute animal. He is a dog. He has great physicality, very uh, great great speed. He's very smart. He can recover. Like, this is the guy who's going to come in and make the Chargers defense better immediately. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to, you know, be upset with that pick, and that's also who I went with as well. We didn't talk about it before. We went through our picks. We did it through – the draft networks and mock draft simulator and certain guys are going to be available on different ones. Right. And we'll go through, we'll use some different ones, but to me, he was the obvious pick there with who was left on, you know, on the board. I and mean, we've seen other guys go much earlier, especially after the combine and in mind, most of the big time edge rushers were gone. So that was a big part of it as well. And Trent McDuffie, the other two big time corners, Derek Stingley and obviously sauce, they were both off the board. So that's also who I went with. And I think it's the playmaking ability that you love. And I think the other part of it is at the combine, he didn't end up running the 40. So I think that obviously he didn't get like a major shift at the combine, meaning he's probably more likely at this point because he did strain a quad 
He will try to perform at his uh, pro day, so we'll see if that changes anything. But if he's banged up, he can only hurt his stock by doing that. So maybe he gets to the Chargers there. I think it is a good pick because obviously, David, at that position, taking a corner at the first round, there are, is some talent later on, and we'll get to some of those guys. But when you have a guy like that with the kind of ball production that he has, with the what he, you know, how he would fit with the Chargers defense, I think you have to take the leap. Yeah, I mean, that's why it was is such a honestly an easy decision for me just based off of who is still on the board. Looking at the Chargers' needs, like I said, we've talked about on this show before, you feel very good about two corners. Actually, you feel good about one corner, I say, probably Asante Samuel Jr. And I think you feel like Michael Davis has the potential to be the corner that you want him to be, has all the physical traits and all of that. You just have to get things to click with all the different techniques that he's going to have to go out there and execute in this Brandon Staley defense, but adding another corner who is going to come in and be a ball hawk, who's going to be physical against the run, who is going to help you um, go out there and execute your defense and really allow you to be very multiple as well. Um, This is going to allow you to be even deeper in the secondary and corners are expensive. I mean, when they get to their first contract, they're sitting, if they're good, if they're in the, you know, top 10, top 15 at their position, they're looking at 17, 18, 20 plus million per season. So to get a good high quality corner on a rookie contract, a cost controlled contract, that's always a win for me. Yeah. And you're getting a guy that loves to tackle as well. Obviously that's something that has hurt the chargers in the past. And that's something that probably improves their run defense as well. It can be a little bit reckless, you know, cause he's going hundred percent, but you love that, you know, want to there, you love his ability in short areas to, you know, if he has to break on things in front of him, be able to stay with shiftier receivers. He did that all at Clemson. I mean, Loves he was hard to get a away with. as well, can, can get after the quarterback. Yeah, and I mean, you didn't see him get beat deep a lot. You saw, you know, pretty solid fundamentals and technique from him with also not panic when the ball is in the air, being able to make plays in the deep third of the field, which is something Brandon Steele talked about in the last draft process, right, going into the 2021 draft, wanting guys who didn't panic in those situations. And that's, you know, something that definitely hurt the Chargers, especially down the stretch with guys not being ready in those situations. But David, obviously things change quickly. He could not be there. And you can't really rule anyone out, you know, when Rashawn Slater falls to you at 13. But we did want to have a backup plan as well. So who did you have for your backup pick at 17, just in case Andrew Booth Jr. isn't there? Yeah, I mean, looking at my mock draft, I mean, there were several really good players that were still uh, available uh, after the Chargers picked at 17. Guys like N'Kobe Dean um, that went to the Pats at 21, like Garrett Wilson, the wide receiver who went to the Raiders at 22. Jordan Davis uh, went 24th. Um, but the guy for me uh, that went 19th to the Eagles, which is crazy. It seems like the Eagles have like five picks in the first round. <laughs> um, but it, it's George Karloftis, the defensive end. I uh, still want to bring in a guy who's going to come in immediately and help your football team. The Chargers need another pass rusher, a guy that you can really feel good about adding to the mix. I mean, who knows what's going to happen with Uchenna? They could bring him back. They could not. If he's asking for ten to thirteen million per year, it might not it might not happen, right? So you have to have a backup plan, have a contingency plan. George Karloftis, a phenomenal motor, really really good hand usage with a fantastic quick inside move, um, and he has the power to and the ability to set the edge. George Karloftis is a guy you put in right away, plug and play, and know you're going to get some production uh, as a pass rusher. Yeah, I like that pick too, and I think I'm kind of in the same. You know, I'm kind of the same with you on that, just as far as like if one of those really, you know, top elite pass rushers falls to you, 
if a Jermaine Johnson falls to you, right, at 17, you jump on that. A guy who's ready-made to come, going to you know, immediately improve your run defense and has shown so much in the, you know, preseason, you know, the postseason kind of events where he's shown a lot in his pass rush moves as well. And I think that's somebody who, if he's there at 17, you go take him. If George Karloftis is there, that's a guy that you feel really good about, like his plug-and-play ability. He's not the yeah. flashiest of those edge rushers, no. but he has real-time power, right? He's going to help you in that aspect. He's going to make you more physical up front. While also being a menace as a pass rusher as well, has a lot of tools in that bag. Just doesn't have, I think, the flair, which could potentially drop him a little bit because he right. had the production at Purdue. He definitely has the you know moments on tape where you're like, that's a guy you want to take. And for the Chargers, it makes sense. And you're knocking one of those big needs kind of off of your list, right? If you take a corner, you knock that need off of your giant you know wish list because that's a position you need. And you're feeling like you got a really good player there. If one of those edge rushers drops, I think you're feeling the same way. I think you feel like, okay, we just found a premier guy that we wouldn't be able to find in the second round. We couldn't come close to that kind of player in the second round. And that's what you're looking for. You're looking to get the most talent possible. And it might be a corner or an edge rusher, but you still would have big needs, like a defensive tackle, right, at this point. You need some more physicality. You're not taking Jordan Davis in this round, right, in this situation. So we will talk about who we mocked to the Chargers in the second round right after this because we do have to tell you guys that there is something that makes me feel like Jordan Davis, right? And it's when I eat a built bar because it makes me feel like watching Jordan Davis run a 478 40-yard dash at the combine. I mean, when I eat built bars, I feel like I can get through that wall, run through a brick wall like Jordan Davis most definitely would do, especially when I get off of work and I'm prepping for the podcast and I need something to get me through the day. The best protein bar on the planet is built bar. And that is one of the things I can eat where I just finally give me that extra push to get what I need to do done. And I love built bars because there's so many great flavors to choose from. Peanut butter, brownie, my favorite. Cookies and cream, another one of my favorite. But you could also go coconut almond. You could go mint brownie. You could go cherry barcia. And you're getting something that fits on your diet while also feels like a cheat meal, right? You can get those great flavors while getting something that's packed with protein. Most bars have 17 grams of protein. And they have less than 4 grams of net sugar and 4 grams of net carbs or less. When you're getting something that's a treat that actually fits on your diet, especially with the monotony of what a lot of diets have, you're jumping all over that, and you guys can save some money since you listen to the Locked On Chargers podcast. You can get 15% off by going to built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off. That's promo code LOCKED15, all caps, one word, for 15% off at built.com. <clears throat> all right, David, what well, we're going into the second round of our first official mock draft of the 2022 offseason, and I think we liked our picks, right? And obviously things can change quickly, but I think in the first round we feel like we got better, right? And we were hitting these needs. And a lot of the things that have to do with this are what the other teams need. Like you talked about the Eagles. That's what's so hard. It's like, yeah, they could really screw you because they pick the two picks right ahead of you. And they do have some needs that match up with what the Chargers needs are, right? They could be t- yeah. targeting the same group of players. But to make sure you know what every team needs, especially this time of year, make sure you follow the Locked On NFL podcast so you can get all the experts from around the Locked On Podcast Network and feel get a feel for what those teams actually need. Because a lot of the things I see, especially in these national mock drafts is like, I don't know if these you know people trying to cover every team in the NFL really have a good grasp of what every team's needs are. So I do think we know what the Chargers needs would be, especially with who we took in the first round, Andrew Booth Jr. Really, really solid pick and someone who helps you immediately defensively. Now you're looking for the next positional need, David, and also trying to get the best player available. So when you were going through the draft networks, mock draft simulator, who fell to you in the second round that you had to pull the trigger on? 
Yeah, I mean, in in the first round, you know, you hear the Jordan Davis name and everyone's on that hype train, especially after his performance uh, at the Combine. He looked like a freak, uh, obviously fantastic um, what he was able to put out there. But um, he was, to me, he's a two-down guy. He's a guy that's going to come in in the first and second down. In the first round, I just couldn't pull the trigger on that. In the second round, now we're speaking a different language and having a different conversation. And so that's why... When Travis Jones was there at 48, it was time for me to pull the trigger on that because that is a gigantic need for the Chargers. They need someone who's going to come in, be that run stuffer, who's going to be a menace, who's okay with doing the dirty work, who's okay with getting in there and being disruptive in the running game. That's exactly what he is. He's powerful, he's disruptive, and he is relentless. And in the second round, I think the value meets the pick. That's why I took Travis Jones. Yeah, and we use the Draft Network Mock Draft Simulator, so he fell to both of us. I did see him go ahead sometimes. So, I mean, he definitely is a guy that could, you know, really push himself, you know, ahead of where the Chargers are going to pick in the second round. Because just like Jordan Davis, I mean, it's hard to compare those two just because, like, Jordan Davis is one of one. Like, you're just not going to get that size and athleticism. But you have to be thrilled with how Travis Jones tested, especially, I mean, maybe not so much, I guess, if you're a Chargers fan because – he ran a 4.92 at his size, you know, pushing 320 plus pounds. So, like, he's a dude who's freakishly athletic as well and would fill a huge need for you at nose tackle and let you go get a guy like Andrew Booth Jr. in the first round. So, I also had him because he fell into my lap there. We also have to, you know, realize that, you know, just because you, you know, it, it always happens, David. You know, we like guys. We're like, hey, this guy's thought about it as like a third round pick. And then they go shred the senior bowl. They shred the combine. And now yeah. it's like, I don't even know if the Chargers can get him there. But then you also had Rashawn Slater and Asante Samuel Jr. fall to you last year. So that was my pick there, especially in this first round of mocks that we're doing because it just – the fit makes too much sense. You're finding a guy who's instantly going to help you, at least on first and second down. And, I mean, definitely has at least a little potential as far as third down, but not a lot of pass rush going on there. But you know you're getting a physically dominant player. But that combine could have really pushed him, you know, out of reach for the Chargers, David. So when it – came back around you in the second round when you were trying to think of someone you would take if it didn't end up being Travis Jones at 48 who did you end up with well before I get into that I just want to you know talk about a couple of the guys that were taken just before the Chargers picked that was very very annoying to me Petrie uh the safety yeah he went to the Falcons at 43 Perion Winfrey he went to the Ravens at 45 I was like, man, those are a couple of guys that if they were there, I really would have to you know, sincerely think about pulling the trigger on that. Um, but one of the guys that was taken after the fact um, that you know I wouldn't mind in the second round is the offensive tackle Bernard Rainman out of uh, Central Michigan. Raymond, yeah. Yeah, Raymond, excuse me. He's you called gigantic. him the Rain Man, like he was going to yeah. start counting things up at the blackjack table. <laughs> hey, I mean, this is new nickname, Rain Man. Um, six foot seven, 305 pounds. Um, the, the biggest concern for me is that he just transitioned to tackle while he was actually in college. He came into college as a tight end, then he transitioned to tackle. But he has that, that frame you're looking for. He has a very strong anchor. Um, when he gets his hands on you, that's it. You're not going anywhere. Um, and you know, he, this is a guy who has a lot of potential. He's still learning at the position. I think you get him in front of uh, NFL coaches, get him next to some of those great offensive linemen the Chargers have now. I think that's only going to rub off, rub off on him. And in the second round, um, I like the value there. Put him at right tackle. Um, I think he would fit in nicely with what the Chargers are trying to do. 
Yeah, and I think he's more of a second-round prospect. If I'm, you know, feeling out the tackle class and going to that second tier after the guys who are all going to go before the Chargers pick for sure, you know, I I think that's obviously much better. Daniel Jeremiah had him at, you know, to the Chargers in his first ever mock this season. He had them going. He had this guy going 17 to the Chargers. The only other thing, too, is just his age. Like, he's going to be a 25-year-old rookie. So, like, that's the other thing, especially, you know, coming from another country, getting into the scene late. But how can you not be impressed with what that dude's done? Being a tight end, being able to add the mass it takes to be a tackle, and then being able to go out and actually do it at a very high level. I mean, I like that pick there. Luckily for me, Jalen Petrie did fall <laughs> in mine. He did you... end up getting to, yeah, to 48. Yeah. And he didn't work out. He didn't run a 40 at the combine, I should say. So he didn't really you know, have any kind of thing that really wowed people, I think, at the combine that would genuinely you know raise or lower his draft stock i do think that if he does a pro day at baylor maybe he changes some of those things because i mean he shows up freakish kind of athletic traits on tape so and to me it's a safety right that's what he's going to be labeled but he's really more of a slot corner i mean the position that he played at baylor was literally the star position that's something that's in brandon staley's defense you know, 80% of the time when they're yeah, on the he's field. He's a defensive so. back, right? He's a guy that can play multiple different positions on the field and you feel good about wherever you're going to put him. Yeah. And I mean, it, I do wonder about his frame. He doesn't have the biggest frame. He's not the biggest dude right. under 200 pounds, right? But he doesn't tackle like it, right? He's a great tackler. He's a great yeah. blitzer, right? You know, 17 and a half tackles for loss last season for Baylor can be your money dime linebacker guy can be your star be your slot corner and he immediately boosts the athleticism in your secondary he boosts the tackling and run defense in your secondary you get a better blitzer than having you know chris harris jr for example coming off the edge that's i think a dream scenario for the chargers at that pick especially you know if they don't go travis jones yeah i mean <laughs> like i said in my mock draft he did not fall to me he was taking a couple of picks before me and i, I was a little a little upset about that so to see that he was available in in yours uh, is awesome because i think this is a player that we both agree that fits very nicely in the chargers defense fits in what brandon staley is trying to do on his defense he has said multiple times that he wants his defense to be multiple he wants to be able to do a lot of different things and you want to get more of those positionless players out there so you can really be as multiple as you want you want to confuse the offense you want to stress them out you want to make them think make them think more than they want to um and having guys that can go out there and play multiple different positions on the field is how you're going to do that yeah and i mean this whole time i've been consistent you know adding impact defensive players like obviously the petri pick looks a lot different if you take andrew booth jr right if you go corner fill that need in the first round it's yeah. a little different, you know, because you already took a defensive back. You took someone that could potentially take some snaps there. But if you end up getting an edge rusher in the first round, one of those dudes, and then you come back and get this guy and then, you know, have money in free agency, obviously maybe they fill the defensive tackle position with some young, exciting players. I mean, that feels like a shift defensively if somehow they're able to pull something like that off, right? Because that is just something – it seems unlikely, but it would be great. But you look at all of these picks, all, all the picks that we've made, and you can definitely see needs. In the first round, if you're able to get Andrew Booth Jr., and then in the second round you come back and you're able to get Travis Jones, you fill two very important needs that are obvious needs for the Chargers. And even if those guys aren't there and you go George Karloftis in the first round, and in the second round you get Rainman, right tackle and edge are very, very important. They are holes at the moment they are there are still positions that need to be addressed 
Uh, all of these guys, if you're able to get them, are going to help your football team. Yeah, it seems like it, at least, right? I mean, the draft is a crapshoot. But those are the guys, I mean, when you talk about guys you'd get excited about, we'd be pretty excited about all those players. And in those mock draft simulators, you know, really talented running backs, you know, to, to make it a, a little bit of- tempting. Guys like Brees Hall, yeah. that would be really tempting in the second round. It's not your biggest need, but one of those guys, a yeah, game-changing running back to, you know, compliment Austin Eckler. Doesn't seem like the smartest roster construction, but it does seem like something that would definitely help the Chargers offense. And that's, I think, where a lot of those guys are going to go around that 48th pick, you know, from 40 to 60. Probably a few running backs going there, at least how it's shaking out right now. But the Lockdown NFL draft crew did get together and put together a first-round mock where the Chargers go with Jamison Williams. But we're going to talk about some other questionable things from that draft and maybe some other players. If we got to that point in their mock draft simulator, we would jump on and said, and the hype around Jordan Davis and everything else that came out around the combine because it is a crapshoot, David. But some guys definitely, by being fast, really, really raised their draft stock, but still could be a little bit risky. But when I'm feeling a little bit frisky, I go to betonline.net, my favorite betting sponsor, obviously the sponsor of the Locked On Chargers podcast. And I mean, there's so many combine bets that you can go on there and do right now for the NFL combine as it wraps up. But that was a lot of fun. They do creative things like that all the time. It's one of the things I really enjoy about BetOnline.net because my favorite time of the year, March Madness, right? The Super Bowl, when you can get some crazy prop bets, when you can bet on some big underdogs, nothing screams underdogs like March Madness. So BetOnline.net is the number one place you want to be for March Madness, for when these 14 seeds, you know, upset the three seed. And you guys can cash in because there's so many great tournaments they have going on right now. So many great prop bets. And it's not just basketball. It's not just football. You can go find boxing. NHL, UFC, some crazy fights there, another place where you can cash in on some big underdogs as well. And you're going to find the best odds, lines, and props in the business. So make sure you guys check out betonline.net so you guys can change your gaming experience and especially add some juice to some of these non-football sports as we wait to get back to the football season at BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, David, we talked about our initial mock draft, a two-round mock draft, but we also have some great guys over at the Locked On NFL Draft Show where I definitely go to see how they're feeling about guys. Former NFL player Eric Crocker, one of the hosts. Somebody Chargers fans, and especially if you're fans of this show, are familiar with with Ryan Tracy, host of the Locked On Chiefs. Those guys are putting the work in right now, you know, and I, I appreciate everything that they're doing. We would go a little bit differently with the draft we're going to talk about right now because they did come out with their post-combine mock draft where, you know, where they ended up going with Jamison Williams, a wide receiver, and that's been such a hot-button issue for the Chargers. Do you go and try to find a game-changing wide receiver in the first round instead of attacking your bigger needs on defense? So, David, first of all, I mean, just what is your reaction to that pick at 17 with Jamison Williams? I'm not a huge fan. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Uh, it's it's not the, the first player that I'm looking at. Um, even with the group of players that are available in this mock draft um, at 17 for the Chargers, um, I understand it to a point. Um, you know, you want you want to get as many weapons as you possibly can for the Chargers, and you want to get some speed. And you know, Jameson Williams has speed for sure. I mean, there, there's no question about that. Um, but I mean, there's also some question marks for me as well. And at 17, I just I don't really feel comfortable with the pick there. Uh, I just think that you, if you're looking for speed and you want to add that element to your to your roster to your wide receiver group, I think you can do that later on in the draft. Yeah, I mean, it would have been very interesting to see what his 40 time was, right? Because he's one of the big ones we didn't get to see. Um, And 
He probably would have ran like a four two four and then had it changed to like a four three two, something <laughs> like that with the official time. Without, I mean, because Chris Olave so almost was the number one pick for a second after his unofficial four two six forty at the combine, and that was definitely a kind of a you know a mess over there with those times because that was difference. like my goodness. It is, and I mean, honestly, I think that like Chris Olave running a four nine is disgusting. Like or four three nine is disgusting. You know what yeah, I mean? Like running a sub four four forty for that dude with how smooth he is and his route running skills. Well, not only that, but Ohio State having two guys that are running under four four with Garrett Wilson uh, uh, joining him—that is ridiculous. And both those guys would be tempting at this pick if you're gonna make the leap and say wide receiver, and you know a guy like Traylon Burks follows because that forty time doesn't match up you know with this game speed and and like you care more about game speed right but that four yeah. five five forty is definitely something that i think alarmed a lot of people out there and i mean obviously we were never on you know we never thought he was going to run a four three i think for a dude his size it's super impressive how quick he is and i do think his game tape is faster than you know what his 40 time some people was, test but. well some people are game time performers and i'm yeah. i'm more on the trailing bricks being a game time performer when the well, and that's the light, thing about olave too up. like right because like it's a, we've seen how dominant he was like his mm-hmm. speed even if he ran a four five like the dude still would have probably been a borderline first round pick you know but when you see that kind of top end speed sub four four forty i mean that's pretty pretty impressive like and, yeah. and it definitely well, makes his you think right running things. ability that is crazy but we did get to see, you know, also other guys, you know, really shoot up after the combine. And one of those guys is Jordan Davis. And I mean, he deserves a moment here because that dude put on an absolute show at the combine, like not just for a nose tackle, for a defensive lineman, for any player, really. I mean, we've talked about RAS, you know, the relative athletic score that gets put out there that, you know, tracks everybody going throughout the combine. The dude got a 10. He got a 10. It's a, a scale one to 10. He got a Thanos score. He, he got a 10. Like everything he tested in was great. Like his get off, his 10 yard split, his 20 yard split, his 40 time. The dude ran a 47840 at 341 than pounds. Mahomes, just to let you know. Oh, I mean, that's faster than a lot of <laughs> really Crazy. small players, really, you know. A lot of – that's an insane – like, I know everyone probably thinks, you know, when they see 4-3s, oh, I could run like a 4-8. No, like you can't. It's, no, you it's cannot. It's so fast. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and that dude did it like – in like it was scary watching him do it. You know what I mean, David? To the point where like we talked about this, you know, and you're like, hey, you know, I can't change my mind what happens at the combine. Like, but we also didn't know like he's being compared to other dudes that like are like 285-pound defensive tackles, right? 275-80-pound <laughs> defensive tackles 300 pound defensive tackles those are the dudes he's historically getting matched up against and whether it's broad jump over 10 feet in broad jump vertical jump like he's at the top of everything he's the most athletic defensive lineman basically that was at the combine ever yeah yeah i mean after what he did at the combine it's like oh my god i mean yeah i did definitely say that uh, i didn't know how much his performance was going to change my mind but I mean, you can't help but be impressed. I mean, sure. That's absolutely ridiculous. Him and he goes ninth, faster. most importantly, in this, right? That's yes, what brings up the conversation. He's going ninth. Like, now it's he don't even make it to the Chargers. He's going to the Broncos at nine. I do not want to see that dude on the Broncos. No. No way. Absolutely <laughs> not. I don't want to see that dude swallowing up at Austin Eckler twice a year. No. No, thank you. Absolutely not. Keep that, that man away be, from Justin That Herbert. would be absolutely terrible. Um, thankfully Justin Herbert ran a four, six, one, so he can run away <laughs> from him. But watching that dude run the 40 is like watching a, a house or an apartment 
with rocket ships on his back. Like that's how scary that dude is watching him run at you. Um, it's kind of like if you watch happy Gilmore and you see at the end, the large guy with the nail in his head, just running yeah. like this. Yeah. That's the feeling uh, that you would have if Jordan Davis was coming after you. I mean, he's like the size of David Baker, like the guy that was, you know, giving out the hall of fame induction, the guy that knocks on the door, that super giant, you know, scary dude. Like, in that, like imagine David Baker running a four eight two forty. Like it's just, it, it, it's ridiculous, and it, it just makes you gigantic. rethink things. It makes you rethink your philosophies, right? Or is a nose tackle worth taking in the, in the first round? It's like it does. Well, you know, he ha- he would have to out athletic everybody, right? Like you'd have to overcome his shortcomings, especially as a pass rusher. And like, yeah, maybe he didn't get on the field as a pass rusher because it was that Georgia line that's going to have multiple first round picks on it, right? It's just like. Maybe just him overwhelming every offensive line in front of him is enough to warrant that pick, right? Maybe it is overthinking. Well, just like it he, to we just were talking before that. the show, Daniel, is if he does come in on first and second down and just wreck people and just absolutely eliminate the run and put them in those third and long situations, right. is he worth it then? Hell yeah, I'm gonna have to say yes in that situation. Yeah, and I mean now it's a, there's a good chance he's not even there for the Chargers, but like. You don't want to take a defensive tackle, especially a non-pass rushing one in the first round. But like this is the dude that's like a stereotype breaker, right? You can't just put every nose tackle in one box. And I do think it's like, you know, maybe you just add that dude to your front and then, you know, build out his inconsistencies around that, right? Find other guys who can do the things he doesn't do well around him and just have that freak in the backfield every single week because that is what that dude is, is a freak. But Looking at the other picks that were available, David, I mean, Andrew Booth Jr. is available, right? If you want to go a different receiver, Traylon Burks was available. Kyle Hamilton was available, which I'm not sure if it was Crocker or Ryan Tracy. I don't know if they alternated on this one, but, like, that dude is a bona fide. I heard Mina Kimes, though, they say he might be just the best player in this draft. And I do think that, you know, there's certain players, David, as far as, like, best player available versus need. Like, that dude goes 19 in this draft. If you're really going best player available at 17, even when you have Derwin James and you feel good about your safeties, like take that dude. Like, and there's no way. Like, I, I mean, y- well, there's like no way Derwin you could James say you're situation. taking the best. Yeah. It's like a Derwin James situation. Like, no one, no one expected Derwin James to get out of the top 10, let sure. alone be there at 17. So right. when he was available, and he was won't. Like, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and he, yeah, he probably won't be. But I mean, if he is there, it's like you run directly to the podium you don't even have to hand the card over to the commissioner you just announce the pick yourself and and that's it you call it a day um (laughs) but yeah the eagles i mean man in in this mock draft they're coming out like a bandit they get trayvon walker at 15 they get trent mcduffie at 16 and then they get kyle hamilton at 19 yeah wow if that is their draft i mean i don't even care what they do with the rest of it like they already won like that would be spectacular yeah, I mean, 100%. And, and the one thing that this draft had as well that changes things for the Chargers is six edge rushers were off the board when it yeah. came time for them to pick. Jermaine Johnson, Aiden Hutchinson, Thibodeau, Ajabo, Walker, Karloftis, all those dudes are gone. So, like, yeah. also, I think it was 10 out of the first 16 picks were all defensive players as well. I mean, there's going to be a lot of talented defensive players. I don't think there's any way a dude like that falls, but that is one of those situations where even if it's not a need, you take that dude and figure it out. He can be your star. Derwin James can be your star. You'll figure it out because that dude's just that good. Maybe the best defensive player in this draft class. 
you take a chance, you make it work. And with Brandon Staley, you'd feel pretty good about that. But this is a good look into, you know, the potential reality of, hey, three DBs are gone, right? Trent McDuffie's gone in this draft, like you talked about to the Eagles. The six edge rushes are gone. I mean, you're looking for premier defensive talent when nine either corners or edge rushers are off the board when you're picking. That's going to hurt you. I mean, unless a guy like Kyle Hamilton ends up falling. But another thing that came out of the combine was just rumors flying left and right, including rumors about the Chargers and linking them to free agency. So that's what we're going to be talking about tomorrow, including Tuesday's franchise deadline. We are going to know in the next couple of days what the Chargers are going to do with Mike Williams, because if they're not letting him walk out of the building, it's going to be with a franchise tag because there hasn't been a multi-year offer or, you know, re-signing done that we know of at this point. So we'll also talk about kind of give our final predictions on whether Mike will be franchise tagged by the deadline. But that's going to do it for today's show. Thank you guys for making this your first listen, as always. And to make sure you never miss the show, subscribe to the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel, especially if you're there now. Go hit that subscribe button and follow the show on Apple Podcasts, you know, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. We're free and available on all platforms. And we also post the show out every day to all of our social media you can hit me up on Twitter at Dan Talk Sports, David Drogmeyer on Twitter at Drotalk SD, and the show's Twitter at Lockdown LAC. And you can also call into the Lockdown Chargers voicemail line at 323-524-7924. Make sure you guys are back here tomorrow to talk about Mike Williams and some other cornerbacks like JC Jackson linked to the Chargers at the Combine. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.